You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Cam. What, Phil? I'm worried about you. And, um, what the hell for? Permission to speak freely. What am I? Your, uh, your mother? Well, try not to get mad, but you kind of look like an Ewok with glasses. <sighs> I... Excuse me, I mean, I don't even wear glasses anymore. I mean, you can clearly see that I'm not wearing glasses. And how the hell did you even arrive at Ewok? It's the long hair and beard combo. It's, quite frankly, it's out of control. And as your friend, I'd be doing a disservice to you if I didn't at least mention it once. Tread lightly there, devil dog. You don't want to go down that road. It's not going to go as well as you think it will. Whoa! Take it easy, my little grizzly bear. Friends should be able to share hard truths with each other. Fair enough. Well, uh, here's one for you. You're just jealous because you can't grow a beard. Oh, well, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. This conversation's <laughs> over. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Make Liberty Great Again, Liberty Harder. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Phil Padilla. Howdy there, partner. What do you say we make Liberty Great Again? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, well, what do you have for us today? Today I want to devote some time to discuss just how benevolent and awesome the state really is and why you should always 100% put your trust in it. That's right, folks. Today we're going to open up the history books you weren't issued in those government prison camps where you learned to read and write. So, what didn't the public school system tell us, Phil? Well, we're going to take an abridged trip all the way back to World War II for a little thing called Operation Paperclip. What's that, you're asking? Don't worry. I'm going to tell you. Towards the twilight stage of World War II, the Brits and Americans thought it would be a really great idea to team up to uncover all kinds of German secrets. Military secrets, scientific secrets, technological research, the whole kit and caboodle. So there was this group called the Combined Intelligence Objectives Subcommittee, and they began rounding up related documents and other materials. They were also tasked with interrogating German scientists at the research facilities that were taken by the Allies. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty standard. I would agree with you, partner. However, the U.S. saw it fit to retain and employ approximately 1,600 German scientists to work for the U.S. during the Cold War. and They also imported their family over. So that's right, folks. After years of horrific fighting and millions dead, the U.S. government used Nazis to develop an arsenal of rockets, biological and chemical weapons, just to make sure those slippery Soviets didn't get it first. We went from fighting Nazis to employing them. And honestly, I hear that 1600 is actually kind of a low number. I wouldn't doubt it. Here's where the story gets better. President Truman, at the time expressly forbade recruiting Nazis or Nazi supporters, but the Office of Strategic Services and Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency said, Nice try, guy. 
Go F yourself. How so? And are we sure that Truman didn't use air quotes when he forbade it? I wouldn't put it past him. These organizations eliminated and covered up evidence of potential war crimes because the information they were seeking was just too important. Let's make this very clear. The U.S. government was having a pissing contest with the communists and wanted to get ahead of them in terms of technology, weaponry, and whatever else could give them the upper hand against the Soviets. So they decided to pilfer the decimated remains of the Nazis. I mean, let's not forget that one of Hitler's poster boys, Josef Mengele, would steal twins to do experiments on and kill the control twin if the twin that was experimented on died. Not to mention that he tried to inject dye into the eyes of these kids to see if he could change the color of their irises to blue and kept their eyes as souvenirs. But despite knowing this, I mean certainly, Phil, certainly they didn't put not any Nazis in charge of anything important. I mean, right? They didn't do that, right? Well, I was going to get to that, Sally skips ahead. But to answer your question, they sure as hell did. His name, as a matter of fact, was Werner von Braun. Von Braun was a very high-profile recruit at the time. Some of you may know him from his lesser work, the V-2 rocket. Is that the rocket that pummeled the English? Yes, that's the very same V-2 rocket that pummeled the English. In your face, England. In your face. We hired the a-hole who was behind the development of the rocket that terrorized your cities. But it doesn't end there for our new pal, Wernie. Or Vernie, if you're nasty. He eventually became the director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center and chief architect of the Saturn V launch vehicle that sent American astronauts to the moon. So you're saying that the moon is racist and space travel is deeply rooted in anti-Semitism? Exactly. My turn to roll back the clock and discuss an alleged... Alleged, smudged. Well, that's a mouthful. As I was saying, an alleged CIA program that was supposedly began back in the 1950s. The intent was to manipulate the media in order to spread government propaganda. It's also said that they funded certain organizations and magazines as fronts. Cam. Hey, Cam. Cam. What? What? I'm in the middle of a segment, dude. Look at my video feed, though. Look at me. Look at me. I don't want to. I don't want to see your face. Hey, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. Are you looking? Fine. I'm looking. Okay. This is my shocked face. Can you see the shock? There's so much shock happening... I just didn't want you to miss it, that's all. Dude, interrupt me again and I'm going to tell everyone that you were in the chair force. You wouldn't. <laughs> Try me. You're a monster. <laughs> this was, of course, just another Cold War tactic to influence public opinion. In 1977, Rolling Stone, of all the magazines that no one reads anymore, came out with an article titled, The CIA and the Media. Long story short, the article stated that by 1953, CIA director Alan Dulles oversaw a media network who wielded influence over 25 newspaper and wire agencies. The goal was to place CIA-fabricated reports, or intelligence, with reporters who were in league with them, or just simply didn't know. So fake news goes all the way back to the 50s, is what you're saying? I mean, at least since the 50s, although I'm sure there are probably Roman reports that Nero wasn't a horribly crazy bastard. Prior to the article's release, Congress was a little worried about the executive abuse in regards to the CIA after that whole Watergate thing. So a series of investigations were launched, and the final report was published in 1976. The report found the CIA did indeed have ties with foreign and domestic media. Good reporting, partner. As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, these are abridged segments simply for time's sake. We'll be linking the related articles and pages we used for research, you know, for our listeners out there. But... Let's just uh, 
let's just take a moment to reflect that we employed Nazis for various horrible purposes and used clandestine services of the government to spread propaganda and false information just because we were so afraid of another country. That is crazy. And speaking of gross government conduct, have you have you read the article by CNS News about humanized mice? I did not read the article. I'm not going to lie to you, my friend. I saw the headline. I got a little freaked out. And I cried to myself while I rewatched The Office for the 10th time. <laughs> well, allow me to fill you in. Uh, because my office binge is over for the moment. Um... But according to a March 1st article, the Department of Health and Human Services granted another 90-day extension to a contract it currently has with the University of California at San Francisco to make humanized mice. Mm. All I can imagine right now are humans with tails and mouse faces. Honestly, I'm imagining mice with human faces and uh, ovaries growing on their backs. We're not quite to the mice with human faces just yet. So um, to make this abomination, the mice are implanted with human tissues taken from late-term aborted babies, paid for by your tax dollars. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm having a hard time right now reconciling the fact that Alex Jones was right. I don't, I don't know if I can handle any more of this. Well, that's just too bad. I said after listening to Alex Jones yell at Eddie Bravo that if just 10% of what Alex said was true, that we live in a terrifying reality. But just this one thing terrifies me. Just, I mean, just of the many things that he said, this one little bit, this isn't even 10%. This one little thing is terrifying. No kidding. It it makes you really think, what are they up to? Like, what's the end goal there? And what else is he right about? Ugh. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, I do, but I don't. The National Institutes of Health, a division of Health and Human Services, is expected to spend 95 million tax dollars just this year in research that uses human fetal tissue. The government calls this the humanized mouse models for HIV therapeutics development. But I mean, I at least the HHS is in the process of conducting a comprehensive review of all research involving human fetal tissue yeah totally you know doesn't make me feel better about a federally funded market for late-term aborted fetal tissue you know but seriously speaking i don't know what ethical or legal issues this will raise i mean if any that comes out of this review but to me it seems that there's something deeply problematic going on here Maybe it's just that these contracts keep getting extended for one reason or another, which, you know, makes a greater demand for this fetal tissue, or maybe that it's just derived from stolen money. I mean, we're getting our money stolen every week just so the government can go buy aborted baby tissue. Hmm. Or maybe it's simply something that, you know, because I'm pro-life, so I'm just doubly offended by this. I don't know. I'll have to spend some time reflecting on that one, but I do know... For one thing, it's disturbing. No, I mean, I agree. Um, honestly, they should just cut out the middleman and call it the Mangala study. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what this review turns out and if the um, if the contract will be extended again in a few months. Right. We're just going to see how that all plays out down the road. But let's shift gears, shall we? 
What fun surprise do you have in store for our listeners? Oh, I have a surprise. I actually have a super fun game. But before we do that, let's talk about a recent libertarian fight. What does Sarwak do now? Well, I mean, hold on. Am I right in assuming that he's done something stupid again? You are absolutely correct that Sarwark is part of it. There was a tweet that was screenshot and made its way around libertarian circles. Let me read it for you real quick. Maxine S., uh, she tweeted this, Jim. Um, she said, uh, I don't want sex work to be decriminalized. I want it to be normalized. I want hiring a sex worker to be seen as no different than getting private piano lessons or a massage. I want sex work to be accessible and recognized as a valuable community resource. What the f***? What the f***? Indeed. So how does Sidewalk fit in? <laughs> how else? Seriously, how else? What do you think would get him into this? Well, if history's taught me one thing, it's that Tom Woods probably had an opinion on the matter, and Sidewalk had to butt in and argue with him for literally no reason. Yeah, because... You know, Sarwark is actually small potatoes in the libertarian world, despite being the leader of the libertarian party. But which yeah, means so no, which means nothing, by the way. So uh, Doctor Woods responded to one of the one of these posts, saying that although he is for the decriminalization of prostitution, the prospect of normalizing it and celebrating it gives him pause. He said that he felt if that were to happen, that it would cheapen sex in a much more devastating way culturally, if prostitution became the same as getting piano lessons well of course i mean that seems like a pretty reasonable stance to take i mean we don't know what unintended cultural consequences that that would come from just normalizing sex work and just viewing women as you know a sexual transaction i mean who knows what would happen right yeah but but star work disagreed tom you see isn't allowed to have an opinion that doesn't glorify prostitution or drugs or anything I mean, if he doesn't want it normalized and celebrated, then he must be a Republican who wants it to be illegal and have more laws to stop prostitution. Right, of course that's how they're going to spin it. But, of course, that's not what he said at all. No, no. He, he simply said that he feels that the further cheapening and commoditization of sex via celebrating prostitution could even hurt how we view things like rape and how devastatingly awful that is. Uh, when... Getting a blowy for a couple of bucks becomes as easy as getting a cup of coffee and is celebrated as people who teach children how to play the piano. He estimates that that would have an effect on our society that isn't exactly positive. So, you know, he disagreed and didn't think normalizing prostitution was the way to go. Right. Makes sense. Libertarian isn't about prostitution being legal. Can you imagine, like, going out to a restaurant and, and you know, with a group of friends and then just saying, like, Hey, hold on a second. You see this chick over here? Be right back. <laughs> you see that See that bitty at the bar? I'm going to throw a 20 at her and see what she'll do. Yeah, I'm just going to go up to the bar. I'm going to slap a $20 bill on the table and just see where the night takes right. us. And you know, that's the thing. Libertarian Libertarianism is not about prostitution. It's not about doing drugs. It's not about weed. It's not about whatever your favorite vice is being normalized. Libertarianism, plain and simple is about non-aggression. It's about not initiating violence on peaceful people. Right, and it's also about property rights and you know not hurting people or taking their stuff. Libertarianism, simply put, is about getting the government out of every facet of our lives. It's not about normalizing debauchery or celebrating immorality. Right, but Sarwark can't let you have that opinion. You see, that's what's holding the Libertarian Party back. 
in order to get more voters, it needs to be more about prostitution. It needs to be more about sex dolls modeled after children. And it needs to be about shooting heroin in between your toes. And you forgot to mention Bill Weld. Oh, right. The OG. I mean, he's a Republican OG. now. So are we allowed to make fun of him at libertarian conventions, or is that still, you know? Nope. That would be uncouth. Right, 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 right. But, you know, why can't the LP and Starburst just act like libertarians, you know, a little L libertarian? Why can't they be for de- decriminalizing everything, getting the government out of our lives instead of choosing the platform on things most people would reasonably disagree with? Right. No, I mean, the thing is, I don't think that's possible for them. They can't look at it as, hey, let's stop the government from stopping people from doing things that they consent to and want to do, which is fine. If you're going to do something I disagree with, do it. You know? Um, Why do I have to be the guy who's like, hey, good, that's great. You know what? Go go buy a couple hookers. Buy some blow. Why Why do I have to have anything to do with you feeling particularly accepted with whatever you want to do. Right. And, and to piggyback off that, why can't we, why can't people see the difference between acceptance and tolerance? Right. They're not the same thing. Right. We need, I'm fine with tolerating a lot of stuff I disagree with. You do. Yeah, you. I could tolerate a lot. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm on the same page with you. Or right. I'm not going to with what you're doing. I'm, I'm not going to be the guy who, who tells you to do some things that I think are going to harm you. I'm not going to be that guy. That would be a bad guy. Um, but yeah, so right. honestly, if you really boil it down, um, I think Starwark wants to normalize prostitution just because he's hoard out libertarianism to make a name for himself. Ooh. But you know what? I'll go even one further. I think a lot of the dudes fighting for this are fighting for it because they just can't get any without paying for it. Yep. <laughs> it's sad how true that statement probably is. Speaking of sad, let's talk about a new executive order that Trump signed. So Trump's ending an Obama, a.k.a. the Drone Ranger Directive, that required annual intelligence reports about civilian deaths. Now, we know in the past Trump has criticized these reports, which gave out details on military activity. He doesn't really like the idea of, you know, the enemy being able to review those reports, which is why he prefers that they be private. And, you know, I, I, I understand that to an extent. Uh, you know, when there are active wars, you don't really want the enemy to see your hand. I mean, even potentially. I mean, especially if they can use those numbers to recruit new, quote-unquote, insurgents. However, I believe intentionally screening the civilian deaths from the American public, I think that's a huge issue. I think the government has more than gone out of their way to demonstrate that they don't care at all about blowback. So this move leads me to believe we must be killing a pretty large amount of civilians. I agree. And, you know, the government can't risk that influencing public opinion on, you know, these never-ending wars that we, you know, we find ourselves in. Now, furthermore, I think this is just going to enable the military-industrial complex to operate in even more secrecy. I mean, how are we supposed to hold anybody accountable when they're purposely withholding statistics about killing abroad and their kill programs? Right. And... You know, at least we're not the only people that are pissed off about this. Um, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like we're the only anti-war people out there, but yeah, there's not there's not know, many of them the, left. Uh, that's true. The uh, the the director of the American Civil Civil Liberties Union, their uh, National Security Project, Hina 
Shamshi, Shamshi um, has actually openly criticized Trump's decision. Shamshi recently stated, President Trump has already weakened rules that sought to limit civilian deaths caused by this country's illegal and immoral lethal force program, in which it kills suspects in places where we are not at war. The order now shrouds those killings in even greater secrecy. That's very well put. You know, that just goes back to what we were just talking about a couple minutes ago. And, you know, this is just more of a testament to the power of the deep state. Trump was supposed to be the anti-war guy, you know, but we're already seeing him walk back, you know, that stance. And then now he goes ahead and does this. I just, you know, I suppose this is just more 6,000-dimensional chess that, uh, that he's playing. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. When the only really redeeming quality of Trump's campaign besides smashing the Clintons and smashing the Bush dynasty uh, was his more or less anti-war stance. I mean, it kind of went back and forth um, because I don't think he necessarily has any central principles or anything like that. Um, But I mean, that was the only good thing. And so with him actually not pulling the troops out of Syria now and then doing this, I mean, it's... (sighs) It's just those those neocon, neocons in his ear again. I mean, or or maybe uh, maybe Trump is one of those magic demon elves that Alex Jones talked about. <laughs> maybe so. Now, onto our game. Um, Yay, game time! <laughs> yes, this week we have a new segment. We're gonna call it something stupid, um, like head lies, or something like that. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> I've uh, I've scoured the internet for some fantastic headlines. I've hit the best possible publications. Jezebel, The Young Turks, Mother Jones, and Vice. I even hit Salon up. Um, but I've also made up some headlines. It's actually your job to pick out which one is real and which one I made up. All right, bring it on. But uh, I think you're going to have a hard time tricking me. Um, I have two headlines for you here. One is real, one I made up. And so I'm going to read these out to you, and then you tell me which one you think is real. Okay? All right. All right, our first headline comes from Vice. Um, The first headline is, Netflix and Kill, How True Crime Shows Endanger Trans Women, (laughs) or A Real Hot Mess, How Grits Got Weaponized Against Cheating Men. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the second one is the real one. Damn it, you got me. Yeah, that one's right. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. Grits. I actually went more realistic than the the leftist swill. All right. You, you did. I the, the first one sounded too. It sounded too perfect. That's what. All it right. Was. <laughs> okay, so number nice two job, also though. comes from Vice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the second one also comes from Vice. Um, so the okay. first is lab-grown meat can't fix the planet that capitalism broke. Ooh. Or the female orgasm in Captain Marvel, a story of true power. <laughs> you know what? Just how... Just based on how hardcore they're hyping up the Captain Marvel movie, I'm saying the first one's the fake one. 
Nope, I made up. I made up the Captain, ah, Captain Marvel one. Ah, <laughs> it's believable. You got me. You got me. Credit or credits due. I really thought hey. that they would have done something silly like that. <laughs> All right. Um, the next one I have came from uh, Mother Jones. Okay. Um, the first is uh, portraits of America's gender queer community. Okay. Or Hitler as the Wright's masculine archetype. Oh. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that one about Hitler. There's no way. Second one's got to be fake news. It, it is. You, you okay. got that one. <laughs> you believed it for a hot second, though. I mean, it's 2019. I'm not ruling anything out at this point. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next one comes from the Young Turks, a shining example oh. of... God. Bi- balanced and unbiased journalism. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, Super weird names. <laughs> we've got... Uh, Melania Trump reveals why she won't stop her husband's bullying. Or... How Trump killed my son. Stories from the <laughs> opioid e- epidemic. <laughs> oh, that one's so good. It has such a punch to it. How Trump killed son do you mean you, you mean to, you mean to read it again for you hold on oh hold on i'm a beer now damn it all right from the tap all right uh so i'll read the i'll read this the second one again okay uh how trump killed my son Stories from the opioid epidemic. Or, Melania Trump reveals why she won't stop her husband's bullying. Oh, boy. This is tough. I'm legitimately torn on this one. I think the opioid one's made up. It is. I made that one up. (laughs) That's beautiful. I'm thinking that maybe I should start a satire website. Yep. Called maybe maybe call it the old Turks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, our our last one, uh, number five, comes from uh, Jezebel. All um, right. So here here are your two. Eat shit twice, Ivanka. Or aggressive. Porn and prejudice. A handicapped porn star speaks out. Now that one's for sure real. Number one, false. Final answer. <laughs> no, actually, eat shit twice. Ivanka is the real one. Oh, <laughs> what? What an aggressive headline! My God, I'll have you know, I didn't read any of these. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to read that one. I mean, just to see what that's all about. I for sure didn't think that that would. I mean, all right. All right. Uh, so that, that I think that'll. Uh, That'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for having a bit of fun with us and uh, joining us on this adventure into the madness that is our world. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at This Is MLGA. Please give us a like, give us a follow. If you'd like to send us an email with any questions, any content suggestions, anything like that, you can reach us at thisismlga at gmail.com. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, hit us up, subscribe, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps us grow, and it guarantees new episodes. 
And we'd also like to take a moment just to say a special thank you to Pete Mance Raymond from the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. Without him, Cam would sound janky as all hell. Yes, sir. Uh, he sent me this mic uh, to help me get started and really helped push me to start this podcast. Um, I've got a link to his podcast in the show notes that you should definitely follow. Um, his recent episode with Thaddeus Russell about the murder of John Galton with Lily Forrester in uh, Acapulco was an absolute must-listen. Yeah, and don't forget his last two episodes with the survivor of the ATF's massacre of the Branch Davidians in Waco. Those are important. Definitely check them out. Uh, if you'd like to join us in this endeavor and get a shout-out and submit questions that we will answer on the podcast, hit up our Patreon. And uh, don't forget to check out the MLGA Network. We are a small and scrappy group of libertarians that share all of the best liberty podcasts on mlganetwork.com. You can listen on the website. You can subscribe via iTunes, whatever you want to do. All of the downloads go directly to the people who make those podcasts. Um, also, we will have even more original shows coming your way soon. We're happy to be here, and we're happy you're with us. Stay sane, everybody.